So what's up, Elevate? We are live on Facebook, right? We're ready to go. I have an actual, before I even get into the word, I have a little special video. I don't know if y'all ever seen Nat Geo. Have you ever seen like Steve Irwin? You ever seen those Discovery Channels where they narrate, narr no, narrate uh, like animals doing animal stuff? No, you haven't? I'm about to do that. If we can hit the lights. You'll see, man. You'll see. All right. <clears throat> As we see the deer paddling. Oh, we see another deer. He's going. He's going. Oh, my gosh. There's another alligator. Oh, what is, what is it doing? Why did it stop? Oh. Oh, man. I get... Wait, you can play it again, though. I want you guys to understand what this is. This is a mom protecting its baby, right? And that's a giant alligator coming. And just look how, this, look how it stops. It just stops to protect its baby deer. So you can uh, give it up for that deer, man. That's respect. That's respect, right? I call that the reckless love of the deer. I, I told myself I was going to say that, but... All right, what's up, Elevate? So that was a video that is going to lead into what I'm going to talk about. Remember that deer. Uh, if you can put our sermon message series verse, 2 Timothy 1.7, y'all can turn there real quick if you, if you have a Bible or a telefono. So real quick, I want to get in the habit of reading the Bible together. That's what they did in the Old Testament church. They would read the Bible together. So everybody... With, uh, with a lot of air in your lungs, let's, let's read this verse, all right? One, two, three. For the Spirit God gave us does not... Amen, that was beautiful. You guys have great speaking voices. A bunch of preachers coming out of this crowd, amen? So, really quick, what did we learn last week? We learned about self-discipline, and then the week before that, we learned about... We did skip a week. We kind of reversed it. We can do that at Elevate. It's okay. God is not mad at us, all right? So we learned about power and how we are powerless without Christ, and God gives us power. Then last week, uh, Yuli preached a message on how we are to be self-disciplined like soldiers in an army for Christ. And this week, we're going to talk about love, right? So if love gives you power, if, if God gives you uh, not a spirit of fear, but of power, not a spirit of timidity, but of self-discipline, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love as well, right? So this begs the question, right? The Holy Spirit, right? That's what God gives us. What does the Spirit God gave us then give us? And it would be not fear, timidity, or being a coward. That word there can mean three things. Fear timidity or cowardness. I think I'm saying that right. Those are things that God has nothing to do with. Instead, he gives us love and he makes us loving. So real quick, we're going to get into First uh, John a little bit, but before that, I want to explain what First John is about. Timothy, he's getting a letter from Paul. Paul is trying to encourage him to be bold. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're scared. It's like, you know, imagine you and your friend, you guys are chilling. You see a pretty girl. You're like, hey, man, come on. Bro, I got to encourage you, bro. You got no confidence. Speak to her. Ask her for your number. Say, I want to get to know you more, right? 
He doesn't have confidence. You got to boost him a little bit. So that's what Paul doing. That's what Paul is doing. But instead, he's doing it so that he can pastor uh, Timothy. So John instead is not Paul. He's another guy. But they write so similar, man. They, it, it, you know, it's the same spirit who's giving them the knowledge. And John, he's talking about love, right? He's talking about what love is and where love comes from. And we find out, uh, we're going to find out in this, in this uh, sermon that God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God. And whoever knows God loves. And whoever does not love does not know God. So that's, that's what John is getting into right before he gets into to chapter 4. Uh, but I have a question for you guys, right? I don't know if you ever heard of the song, What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. That's a dope song, right? That's my jam, right? Man, love that song. But what is love? You know, that's a philosoph- that's a that's a philosophical question, low key on that song. He's asking a very deep question and a very like catchy tone. He's like, "What is love?" And that's something I bet a lot of people have opinions of, right? Some people think love is like when you get a text at night that's like, "Good night," you know, man, that's love right there. Or maybe text is when, you know, you, someone looks at you the right way. You're like, ooh, man, that dude loves me. Look at the way he's looking at me. You know he loves me. Ladies, that ain't love. But watch out. Get the pepper spray. Nah, I'm joking. So, but what is love? All right? So the reason why I showed you this video of the deer was because that deer loved the baby, its child. Loved it so much that it was reckless enough to jump into a lake. You know, I mean, I don't think deers can swim that fast, but that thing was going. That thing was gone. Jumps in front of an alligator. You saw how big that thing was? It was huge. I mean, it looked like a monster. Oscar was like, dude, what the heck is that thing? He's over here thinking, like, dinosaurs came out of nowhere, you know? But no, it was a crocodile coming at, like, probably 20 miles per hour, and that deer jumped in front of it and stood there watching as the deer was able to get... Uh, get to dry land and get away with no regard for their life. You see, love for the human is a similar thing, except here's the difference between a deer and a human. You see, a deer, they're naturally like that, okay? You don't have to say, man, let me teach you how to be a mother to an animal or one of those animals. They're naturally like that. Because they don't have much of a conscience. Like, it's not like, you know, they're, they're thinking about what they're going to eat tonight. You know, they're not thinking about, they're just like kill, eat, survive. You know, that's literally how they are. You know, so they're programmed like that. Us as humans, we have a conscience. We have emotions. We have feelings that, that kind of come off, come off as thoughts and decisions. And one of these feelings and emotions that actually drives us to do many stupid things or many, uh, many things that don't make sense, it's, it's fear. Fear. We have fear. And this is what that deer had no fear. The deer had no fear. Oh, it's a bar. The deer had no fear to jump in front of a crocodile because of love. So if you could turn to 1 Corinthians 13, I want to get into this real quick because how can you talk about love without getting to 1 Corinthians 13, right? How many married folk we got in here? Very quiet, very quiet, right? That's good. I don't want, I, one of you guys at like 16, 17 start screaming that you guys are married. I'm going to be like, what? You're 12? Man, that's even worse, man. This is one of those uh, Muslim countries or something, dude. So go to 1 Corinthians 13, if you don't mind, Oscar. 13.4, the verse I told you. If he's not there, I'm going to go there. You guys can turn there yourself. So 
in this passage, this is like the love passage, right? Now, uh, if you can get the 4 through 13, 4 through 13, it says right here, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, but focus on that, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, right? So here's the thing. In the Bible, it says God is love. God is love. So if God is love, love means, then we can really say this, God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. The Bible says there's nothing that you can give God that, that he has to repay you. He owns it all. He doesn't, he's not envious. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no records of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but God rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. So this is love, and God is love, right? And this is the thing. Love has nothing to do with yourself. You see, you cannot love while thinking about yourself. Simply what you're doing is you, you're, you're, you're trying to gain. You're still working. You're, it's like imagine this. If I was like, man, I'm going I'm to take you guys out. I'm going to feed you guys, right? Because sometimes we go out, we slam. But only... Only if you're able to wash my car, clean my house, and do chores for me. That wasn't love. That was just me kind of like bargaining with you. That's not love. It's not like the, the deer, the, the mama deer that jumped in front of the crocodile was like, man, I hope my son deer, man, he comes back, finds my body, and, you know, buries me in this nice, cool thing. We have a fancy funeral. No, there was, dude, the, the deer knew. The deer, was gonna, the, the deer knew it was going to die. It was not self-seeking, though. And now we, let, let's go back to Christ. Christ, when he died on the cross, did he die for himself? Was the love of God simply for himself, to glorify himself, to, to gain something? No, listen here, dude. God loves us. He needs nothing from us. Whether you come to elevate, whether you serve God, whether you, you, know, you be a hypocrite, whether you stay faithful to God, it's not for him. It's for you. It's for us. See, God created the whole world in my, in a, in his, with, his, with us in uh, God created the whole world with us in mind. The Bible says, for what is mankind that God is mindful of us, human beings that He cares for us? God is loving. If we can go to 1 John 4, uh, 18 through 13, I want to read this whole passage real quick. I'm gonna go through it really quickly because this is to me, even though that was the love. Love chapter, I feel like this is the love book, First John, like I was saying. And, and John, he gets really descriptive on love and, and, and what it should be like and what it is. Starting at verse 17. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence 
on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given this command to us. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. If we can highlight verse uh, 1 John 4.18, if we can highlight that real quick. 1 John 4.18. In this verse, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? I had a, I had a, it's something that I think will, will hit you a little bit, right? It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So that so there's a reason why I played, the, and it was weird. I just stumbled. You know, I was on YouTube watching animals fight each other. You know, you ever do that? Trying to find, like, a jaguar beating up a lion or a grizzly bear? I'd be, like, curious on that stuff, man. So I'm watching it. Then all of a sudden I see the side, and I'm like, a baby, mama deer saves baby deer. I'm like, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, you, and, and literally, I'm looking at this. I'm like, man, this, this, this is so beautiful. This is such an awesome thing. Then I'm coming up with this message. God is giving me things. that go back to that deer. I'm like, that deer was not afraid. There's no fear in the love that it had for its child. And I want to portray, I want to I implore you to think about this. Was Christ afraid to die on the cross? Was Jesus afraid? Was he like, man, don't drive? When he was getting that nail driven in his hand, he was like, oh, man, dude, I can't. He was probably grimacing, but he was like, man, I'm afraid right now. I'm going to die, and I don't know what's going to happen. Or when, he, when they were whipping him, and, and they said, listen, we're going to crucify you. Was he afraid? No, it said in the Bible that he persevered with joy for the cross. And he was going up there in joy because he had love. There was love. There was no fear. So fear, not hate, is the opposite of love. That's what you have to understand today. Some people think, you know, and of course, you know, we don't, the Bible says do not repay hate with hate, but repay hate with love. But fear is the opposite of love. You see, without with fear, you cannot have love. I like to, to think, to just, let's make it, you know, let's culturalize it real quick. Abortions. Many women get abortions simply because they don't want to have a child. They're afraid what it would cost them. They're afraid that they might lose their youth. They're afraid they may lose out on a, a beautiful career, you know, uh, maybe a, 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 a fit lifestyle. You know, maybe it's just too much. So they kill the baby. They're afraid of the circumstances, of the punishment, or the toll that that baby might give to their body, so they kill the baby. There's no love in that. There's no love in that. Or maybe your friend, they ask you, they're, they're kind of hungry, you only got a couple dollars, you're like, man, bro, but I'm afraid I might need these dollars, and they're like, man, I just need a dollar, man, come on, let me hold one. And he's like, nah, bro, I'm afraid I'm going to need to use it, right? We, we had this fear of the circumstances, of what's going to happen. And there's this feeling of love, this feeling of fear that overcomes us where we think about ourselves and we become self-centered. It's a fear. It's a fear. It's, a, it's an ungodly fear. And this is what I want to propose to you. Love is not a feeling or a trend or sexual passion. 
You see, love is not something you feel here and there. Like, man, I feel like loving God. I feel like loving people. But love is actually a choice. You see, it's a sacrificial, a sacrificial choice done without fear of consequences. So when Christ died for a lot, listen, some of us here are not going to see heaven. I want you to know that. Some of us here are going to hell when we die. That is a scary thought. That is scary. And here, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he knew some of people would, be, would still reject him. They would still curse his name. They would still deny him. But yet love drove him to the cross. He did not fear the consequences. He did it without thinking of his own glory, which is crazy because it's God. Like, he should think of his glory. He's glorious. You see, love is not a trend. Love is not done for something that's cool. I heard this saying before, if love does not cost you anything, it's probably not love. Love is not the cool thing to be done. Like, I know in high school, everyone's like, I got to get a boo. I got to get a girl. I got to love on somebody. That's... I gotta, man, I just gotta love on somebody, man. I need somebody to love, you know? I, I forgot there was a song by someone. He was like, you know, I just need somebody to love. That's that song, dude. Like RJ or something. AJ, I don't even know, dude. That's that song. But yeah, everyone's like, I need someone to love, right? And dude, we go through high school. It's a trend, man. As soon as you hit 13, you're like, man, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready, right? And then it becomes a trend. You know, I need a girlfriend. I need someone to love me. But that is not love, okay? Love doesn't come with trends and feelings and goals. And then love is not sexual passion. Some of you guys may have, you know, have sex outside of marriage because you're like, it's okay. We love each other. How does that equate love? Yes, sex is a product of love, but only under God. You see, Sexual passion is not love. Love is self-sacrificing. It's not about yourself. When you're having sex, it's all about you and how you feel and how it makes you think, you know, and what you're getting out of that person. That is not love. So fear is the opposite of love. You do it without thinking of the consequences. Just like Christ loved us to the point of death, and knew we were going to reject them and did not care about the consequences. And that is reckless love. You know, that song is true. That's a good song right there. Yeah, I gotta put, got that on my playlist, right? So you guys get that, right? Love is not self-seeking. My second question to you, right? First one is what is love? Love is the op- opposite of fear. It's not self-seeking. It's not afraid of the consequences. Second question to you, I have to you guys, and I want you to think about this. How do we get love? How do we get love? You ever think about that? If love is not a feeling, right, that comes and it goes, then how do we as people who naturally want to take things that aren't ours, that naturally kind of want to think about yourself, that naturally want to uh, hate, you know, that's natural to us as humans, part of our human nature. Of course, Christ made us new, but that's natural. How do we then get love if we're so focused on self? You see, if we can uh, go to the next verse, verse 17. Oh, no, verse uh, 19. You see, we love God because he first loved us. When we read this, when we read the main passage uh, uh, that we're talking about, it doesn't say this, right? It doesn't say, for the spirit 
you know, that you took from God or you mustered up does not make us timid, right? It doesn't say that. What does it say? That for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So we cannot muster up love. We cannot muster up love. Love does not come from self. You cannot just say, I'm going to love this person, I'm going to love this person, I'm going to love this person, because you're still focused on yourself. That is why if you're an atheist, if you are not a Christian, if you're a Buddhist, if you're not in love with God, you simply cannot love because that love is still self-centered. You are doing love out of yourself. When you give your friend a dollar and you're like, man, I'm a good person, I sure love people, you are doing love from yourself. That is not love. That is self-glorification. You're saying, look at me. I'm such a wonderful person. I'm such a loving person. I got three friends and I take care of all of them. They all love me and I love them. That's, that's love right there. I do everything I can for them. And you're just boasting. You're boasting. But we found out love does not boast. It is not self-seeking. Listen, if you do not receive the love of God, you will never be able to love anyone. Never. It would always be dependent on what they're doing for you and how you feel. You see, without God loving us first, we are left to fear. We are left to fear. We are left to taking. Evolution is then true. We should just steal, kill, and take from everybody. We should just get as strong as we can and dominate. There's no reason for love if God does not love us first. If you have not experienced the love of God, you are in trouble. You cannot even consider yourself a loving person. You see, it is given. Love is given. And how is it given? It's revealed in what passes? The passes that we're learning going through in the sermon series. You see, God gives it to us. And God has always wanted to give us love. You see, even since the beginning of time, God was like, I want to give my love to Alejandro. I want to give my love to Adrian. I want to give my love to Jocelyn, to Marco. God, since the beginning of time, wanted to give. You see, this is the mindset of the backslidden Christian, of the Christian that cannot live holy, of the religious person, is what can I do for God to make him love me? Oh, I can't do enough so God doesn't love me. And the whole time you're rejecting God's love. But you know what separates you or anyone else who is backslidden or not living for God? It's this. The receiving of God's love. You see, because once you receive God's love, all fear is driven out. It's driven out. You see, you know that God who is love, but God also who is just, who is powerful, who created the world and the galaxy with breath, is on your side and loves you. What can you fear? If God is with you, who can be against you? And now with love, we're not afraid of backsliding. You see, there's a reason why many of you backslide or fall into sin. It's because of this. You have not grasped the love of God. And it's hard to grasp. You know, the Bible says it surpasses understanding. But by grasp, I mean receive and hold on to. You see, you doubt the love of God. You're like, man, dude, I don't know, man. No one really loves me. My family says I'm this. Everyone says I'm this. How can God love me? You know, we say, man, dude, I, I mean, I, I sinned. I, I mean, I haven't gone to church enough. I haven't done X, Y, and Z. How can God love me? 
And the whole time you're trying to gain something you can never gain. You can never gain. See, the same love that you try to muster up for your neighbor, you try to muster up for God, and it's futile, it's useless. You see, because we couldn't even love God if he had not loved us first. And this is the message to every Christian here. You are not good, you are not loving if God is not good or loving. You see, you could never even give someone bread if God had not made the world in his love. The reason why that deer jumps in front of his ba- or her baby is not because evolution. It's because God made the world in his love and his attributes and his plain to see in nature, in the world. The way a mother, the way a mother doesn't, doesn't commit abortion can say, say in the face of a doctor saying, if you give birth to this baby, you'll die. Why is it na- natural for her to say, no, I'll die and that baby will live? It's because God is love. It's because God created your mom like that. Some of you guys put your family first because your family's so loving. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for God and his love, your family would be basically the same as Satan, same as the devil. You think, man, my friends love me so much. Listen, I'm telling you, it all goes back to God. Everything good comes back to God. And listen, I had a word in worship. God is worthy of praise in every, in every circumstance. You're saying, man, they love me. I'm going to praise them. They love me. I'm going to praise them. Listen, God loves you. You need to praise him. Man, dude, they love, dude, even if your friend does something good for you, you have to understand if God did not love us first, it wouldn't even happen. So I have a question for you guys. After all that, have you been trying to force yourself to love others and love God? Because that's an important thing. You see, in 1 John, we're not, we don't have to go there, but God says this, right? Christ, Jesus Christ says this, for if you love me, you keep my commands. First, and and, and that, is Je- that is Jesus speaking. Then first, in 1 John it says, If we love God, we keep his commands, and we know his commands are not burdensome, which means his commands are not hard. You see, it's not hard to live for God. It's not. Some of you guys think it's so hard, man, I have to go to church, I have to do this, I have to live holy. It's not even hard. You're complaining. It's because you don't have the love of God. You see, some of you guys are in relationships right now. And if that person asks you at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to Walgreens, get some ice cream, and can go to their house and then maybe eat, feed the ice cream to them, you do it in a, heart sec- in a heartbeat. Man, you do it in a second. You get out your car. Man, you don't even put your pajamas on. You're going in your shorts. You're going in your chancletas. You're out the door. You don't even care. Because why? You love the person. You see, God's like, listen, I want you to live holy. I want you to serve me. I want you to turn away from sin. And the minute he says those things, you're like, mm, that's too hard, man. That, that's too hard. I can't do that. I can't stop cussing. I can't really live for you. That's too much. I can't love people, God. Your commands are a little too hard for me. Why? Simply because we have not received the love of God. Plain and simple. So if you're a Christian trying to muster up love in your heart that you cannot do, you can't do it then guess what? It's because you've never received it. And the Bible says if you know not love, then you know not God. So you just don't know God. If you're having a hard time loving people, right? Man, dude, the chances are you don't love God. 
Not saying for all of you. Some of you guys just need to get your head in the Bible and, 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 and start to develop this relationship with God. But this is what I'm saying. If you say, man, like, and, and literally, literally, First John, I wish you guys would all read it. It is like one of the most convicting verses in the Bible. Love to people cannot happen unless you have love to God. But if you say you have love to God and you don't love people, then you never had love to God. You see, you can't have one one without the other. And love is not a feeling. Like I said, it's an action. It's an action. So when we get this love, this love should push us to do things. You see, love is not a stagnant thing like, man, I love, you, I love you so much. It's like Facebook, man. Everyone's like, man, I'm sending prayers to you, man. Much love, bro. Someone's like, man, I just lost my mom. Man, I just lost my dad. My car broke down. I lost my job. And like, praying for you, man. Hope you feel better. Oh, dude, love isn't just saying, hey, man, sorry. Sorry for your loss, bro. Oh, you got no food or money? Oh, man, sorry about that. Yeah, I wish you, I hope you will. I hope you feel better. I hope you do better in life. The Bible says that that's not love if you say to a person who's cold and needs a jacket and you got yours on, hey, man, you know, hope you feel warm or something. like That's not love. Love is saying, listen, man, I have a jacket and I care about you. I love you. Here's the jacket, right? Kind of like that deer. Always going back to the deer. I like that deer. Uh, my name, Hershelly. That is love, right? Love is an action, which leads me to this. Can you go to the next verse? So how do we love? How do we love? How do we love? What is the method? What is the way? What do we, like, what, what do we, do we have to, like, maybe, you know, just think about it, like, you know, some monks or whatever. You know, some guys think the monks, like the Buddhist monks that they, you know, are all bald and everything. They got orange robes. They're so spiritual, you know. They're so, they're so enlightened, you know. They're probably thinking every day, like, how do we love each other or whatever. Man, God made it real simple. It's the motto that we got. It's the motto. I want everyone to say it. How do we love? Who, what, are the, what are the two facets I kind of mentioned? What are the two things, right? So loving. All right. Forget Josh. Loving God. Right? So that is how we love, right? That, that is like, you know, the, the people that we love. But 1 John 4.21 says this. And... He has given this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother. And, and, and I, was, I, I was diving into that, but the thing is, we kind of like to say, who's our brother, who's our sister, who do I exa- exactly do I have to love? What if they do something wrong to me? Do I still have to love them? Yes. Listen, you should not be afraid because the spirit God gave us cast out all fear of what that person might do to you if you love them. I have some people in here from the evangelism team. They're reading Jesus Freaks. If you're reading it, let me get an amen. amen. Dude, that book's amazing. I recommend anyone to read it. And listen, people there, right, in, the, in that book, they are getting persecuted. There's a story of two Muslim girls that go around village and village. They go giving people Bibles, preaching the gospel. And, dude, people want to kill them. And they end up imprisoned, right? And they're still doing it out of love without fear. Then there's verses in the Bible where people are imprisoned and they end up loving the guard and they end up preaching to them. And the guards end up getting saved. The guard that was keeping them in prison ends up 
being set free from sin, dude. Like, that's insane. It's beautiful. That's how God works. The love of God is beautiful. But listen, it cannot operate. The love of God can't be seen in your life if you don't do this one simple thing. Obey God. Obey God. You see, many people, we, we have this, this mindset, and I, I, was, I was touching on a little bit. You can do so much for people, and I love them. I love them. I love them so much. You know, I, I had one guy who was an atheist, and, or he was an agnostic, and he was saying, man, dude, you know, I mean, I, I feed the homeless. I do charity. I do this. I'm this guy. I'm that guy. You know, and he, he was saying, basically, he was hyping him up to, to be like the most perfect man. And he was like, I am a loving person. I don't need God. Let me tell you, that is farther from the truth, farther from the truth, because I'm telling you right now, if you do not obey God, you see, because God is not telling you just to feed the homeless to love people. God is not telling you just to give to neighbors like materialistic thing. God is calling every one of you to preach the gospel, and this is the most important way to love. If you live a Christian life and you have not preached the gospel once in your life, you have failed as a Christian. You have not loved anyone. You know what you've done? You've seen a man that is starving, and he's, and he's asking for food. He's thirsty, he's starving, and you know what you've done? You've just told him, man, dude, you know what? Let me give you a blanket. You know, you're just drinking water. You're drinking water. You're eating right in front of him. You know, you're telling him all these nice things, but you're drinking and eating food right in front of him, and he's standing there like, I need food. I need water. And then you just walk away and he dies. You see, because, listen, the human soul needs God. I don't care if you think you're the most loving person or the most hateful person. You need the love of God. And some of you do not preach the gospel because you're afraid. You're afraid of what people think. You're afraid of what they may say. You're afraid if maybe if you preach the gospel, you lose friends. You're afraid that you may be stumped with a question. There's so much fear. You're so, much, you're so focused on yourself and what you can't do. But yet you forget about God and his love for you. And the Bible says that in that time, the Father will speak through you. Why is, the, why, why is it that God's like, listen, I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you words to speak. I'm going to give you love. Because God wants to spread his message. He wants to spread the gospel. He wants to spread his love. And here's the thing. God wants to use you. God wants to use every one of you. He wants to use you. Are you Zion or Noah? Noah. He wants to use you, Noah. You, Zion. You, Julian. He wants to use you, Eric, Brandon. You see, God loved you first. Therefore, you love others. We love because God loved us first. And this is the thing. If you don't do this, you're a liar. You see, if you say you love God, if we can go to verse 20 now, if you disagree with me now, and you're like, well, man, you know what, dude? I'm going to keep being just nice to people. I'm not going to preach the gospel. I'm just be kind of nice, you know. I'm not going to go out my way to love people. Wait, no, sorry, man. Verse 20. Verse 20. So this is what I say to you then. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot see God whom they have not seen. 
So we can say all we want, I love you, I love you, I love you, but if you don't do jack about it, you don't love them. And then we can say after that, oh, I still love God, though, but you didn't do the, pre- the previous thing. You didn't do the former. Then guess what? You're a liar. And who is the father of all lies? Satan. So then who do you belong to? Satan. Then who do you love? Say you love sin, you love Satan. This is the truth of the Bible. This is what John is getting with. Because if you are saying, man, you know, I love you, God, but I just can't love my parents. They annoy me. I hate them. They did X, Y, and Z to me. Man, I love you, God, but I just can't love that guy who stole from me, man. You don't, ha- you don't know what it is like to, to have something, God, and have something, someone take advantage of it, you know? You don't know, God. You don't know. You don't know my struggle. I got to love these people. I got to love the people in my hallway, man. They're getting pregnant. They're doing drugs. I got to love them. Listen. You guys, don't, you guys don't know how hard it is to love yourself. You see, I'm thinking about you guys. I was, I was thinking about myself in this message. I was like, man, how hard is it to love someone who constantly disobeys? Constantly through his life who heard the gospel, who heard the truth, and was constantly afraid to speak it, whether someone was committing suicide, whether someone was depressed. How hard is it to love someone? How hard is it to love the person that was homeless? I was giving you the example. But then how hard is it to love the person who was watching them die? And see, if you're not preaching the gospel, you're that person watching them die. It's hard. It's hard to love yourself. Sometimes we think about it. There's the psychologists that say some of the most negative thoughts we know about ourselves are from our, some of the negative, most negative things we hear about ourselves are from ourselves. Sometimes we can be our biggest critics. So we know, like, almost uh, automatically that it's hard to love us. We see our flaws. We know what's wrong with us. We know what we've done. And it's hard for, 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 us, to love, for lo- us to love ourselves. So you know what we do as people? I see all, a lot of girls, not to put girls down on Instagram, but they're like self-love and they take a, a weird selfie, right? Or, or, you know, the guys, you know, they work out. They're like, man, it's all about the gains. You know, and we think, man, if I love myself enough, maybe I can look past my flaws. Let me focus not on the negative, but on the positive myself and love myself. But here, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, you can never love yourself more than God loves you. You can never love yourself no matter, no, no amount of self-love, no amount of self-care, no amount of alone time or, or me time could ever replace the love of God in your life. You see, because you love yourself, but you're just lying to yourself. You know you don't deserve love. And that is the truth. Us as humans, we don't deserve love. We don't. None, none of you do. Not even, I don't deserve love, man. Obama don't deserve love. Man, the Pope don't deserve love. Your mama don't deserve love. No one deserves love. But God still loved us first. So if you're saying, I cannot love my brother or my sister, it's not possible. The truth is, again, you're a liar. And God is not in you. And uh, can I have um, Daryl or Stephanie come up in closing? So if you guys are hearing this, man, and you feel like God is tugging on your heart, this is what you can do. If you know right now that you have not loved God and you have not loved people, you understand that, and you, 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 you try to muster it up, but you just can't, then this is what I'm telling you to do. Repent. Repent if you have not been living in love. And do not know God. Repent and know the living God. If you do know God, then 
here, this is why I want you to, th- to, to, to come up in prayer when we have the altar call. If I have Daryl or Stephanie come up, when we have the altar call, I want you to receive prayer. Because listen, earlier in the passage it says, we must rely on the love that God gave us. We must rely on the love God gave us. See, we can't just simply say, listen, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm relying on maybe my YouTube channel or maybe my, my video games or whatever. We must rely on the love God gave us. We can't rely on ourselves. We can't rely on our mom. And some of you guys are here with friends. You cannot rely on your own friends. You must rely on the love God gave us. You know, come here for prayer, you know, so we can pray for that to, to stay in your life. Then for those that are afraid, right, perfect love drives out all fear. Fear of punishment, fear of rejection, fear of what people might think of you, fear of punishment from people. Come here if you've been afraid and you want to preach the gospel. We're going to pray for you to preach the gospel and speak, speak the truth in every, in everywhere you go to everyone. You see, Jesus wasn't just a guy who was uh, saying, man, dude, you know I love you, man. Go and sin no more. But Jesus was calling people hypocrites, kind of like what me, Lawrence, and Yuli do up here when we're preaching really passionately, right? And here's the thing. You guys need to do the same thing. That's the truth. If you see someone who claims to be a Christian, you need to speak the truth to them. Listen, man, you're living in sin. You need to repent. You see someone sinning in school and, you're, and they're just sinning they don't know nothing about the gospel it's your job to tell them listen you're in sin you got to tell them the truth whether it hurts them or not and if you've been being that kind of soft christian that sugarcoats everything listen you're in fear you're afraid of people you're afraid of people and what they may think of you while the whole time god was not afraid of people he was willing to die on the cross in front of people willing, willing to say in front of people forgive them for they not know what they do imagine how stupid he looked They're like, listen, we're killing you. And you're saying, forgive us. What? See, God did not care about what man thought about him. He was not afraid. So I I, I want everyone to stand up. And everyone to stand up and close your eyes. Bow your heads, close your eyes, right? What do you fear? Are you afraid? Are you afraid to love others? Are you afraid to preach the gospel? This is an opportunity for you to meet with God, to be given power, to be given love, to be given discipline. And to others, do you know God? Do you find yourself having a hard time to love people and to love God? Are you impatient with others? Do you hold grudges against people? Do you find yourself not giving a care for anyone but yourself? Then this is, this is what I'm telling you. You probably don't know God and you don't have the love of God in you. And if that is you, I want, if, if those two people, those two types of people, if that is you, I want you to come to this altar. In this altar, can I, have a, can I have the altar workers? At this altar, you can receive prayer. You can speak with God, have a moment with the Lord, and say, God, I want to love. Can you, re- can you give me your love? And this is an opportunity for you not to receive love. So if you guys want to come up, receive prayer, go ahead. Kirsten and Humberto are going to... Pray for you. 
But this is the last thing I want you guys to understand. If you could turn to verses, the verse 18. Listen, I want everyone, everyone, right? I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, okay? And I'm saying this because I love you guys. Not all of you are going to go to heaven. Not everyone is going to go to heaven. My bad, verse 19. Actually, yeah, verse 18, my bad, verse 18. Not everyone here is going to go to heaven. Some of you guys are going to go to hell. That is what the Bible says. But every one of you, right, is going to face God. You're going to face God. And everything you did is going to be brought right in front of your face. And you see, the God of love, the God who we sing reckless love to, guess what? He's going to judge every one of you for everything you've ever done. So every sin that you kept secret, every sin that we kept secret, he's going to reveal it right to our face. And he's going to show us, why did you do this? You know what you deserve because of this. And listen, I want you guys to close your eyes right now and think about that day. Think about facing God. Some of you guys came and face your principal when you're in trouble. Face, facing God, the one who holds life and death. You see, man, dude, men, they can only kill the body. That's the worst thing a person can do to you. You know what God can do? God can kill both your body and your spirit. He can send you to eternal hell. You've seen the only way to face God, but not in judgment, but in, 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 in relationship, is to receive his love. So this is the most important message you will ever hear in your life right now, because, the, because this, okay? It says in John 1, 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not... Uh, it's not the one made perfect in love. He's not made perfect in love. What are we afraid of in this verse? What is it talking about? And this is what I want to tell you. It's talking about judgment. It's saying if we live in love, if we live like Jesus because Jesus lived in love, we can have confidence when facing God. We can have confidence when facing God. Some of you guys can't even face yourself in the mirror with confidence. And the Bible is saying you need confidence when facing God. So everyone here, do you have confidence with facing God? On that day of judgment, are you afraid that God is going to judge you and send you to hell? Because if you've been made perfect in love, if you have love, you should not be afraid. To the Christian, this is going to be the most glorious day. But for you who do not know love, it is going to be the worst day of your life. So I, if you need prayer, I want, I want everyone to come up, receive prayer, receive the love of God tonight. If you have been not loving neighbor, if you have, and listen, your brother and sister, your neighbor, that's everyone. The Bible makes it clear that's everyone. That's your worst enemy to your best friend. If you have not been loving people, come up, receive prayer, receive the love of God. Hallelujah. So Jesus, God, I pray right now you speak to the hearts of everyone here. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth, Lord, and you would penetrate the hearts of every believer, Lord. I pray for everyone here, God, to know your love, not to leave this building without knowing you, Jesus. Lord, right now, God, there is no excuse. God, we have heard the message, Lord. If we now live not in love but in fear and in hate, then we have rejected you, God, and we are deserving of wrath.
But God, thank you. Praise be to you, God. You loved us first. So I pray, Lord, for the ones that do not know you to know you and the ones that do know you to rely on you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be with us, God. Hallelujah.